this post-NBA trade deadline edition of the Off the Bench podcast. I'm your host, Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington. Coming up, you'll hear from the president of basketball operations, Tommy Shepard, on all the moves the Wizards made, and they were extremely active towards that 3 p.m. deadline on Thursday. One move had the Wizards sending to Dallas Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans in exchange for 7'3", Kristaps Porzingis. The one-time All-Star is 26 years old. He was the fourth overall pick in the 2015 draft by the New York Knicks. He's averaging about 20 points per game and nearly eight rebounds a contest. But he's missed the last five games dealing with the bone bruise. We'll get an update on his status from Tommy Shepard momentarily. One other move had Montrez Harrell going back to his home state of North Carolina to the Hornets. In exchange, the Wizards welcome back Ish Smith for his second tour of duty, along with 20-year-old Vernon Carey and a couple of second-round picks. And the Phoenix Suns get Aaron Holiday. The Wizards, in exchange, will get cash consideration. So a lot of moves, a lot of decisions were made. It's time to hear from the man that was in charge of making those deals. Here's the president of basketball operations, Tommy Shepard, on this latest edition of the Off the Bench Podcast. Wizards fans, we're partnering with Clear to make your game day a great day. With the free Clear app, not only can you use Health Pass to easily show proof of vaccination, but you can also use the app to enter the arena faster through the Clear lanes. Get started today by downloading the free Clear app, tapping the black Sports and Events button on the home screen, and selecting Washington Wizards. Then head to the Clear lanes located at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. When you arrive, you'll take a quick picture at the Clear pod to confirm that you are you and walk right in. No crowds, no hassle. Download the free Clear app today to get started. Tommy, I've been doing this long enough to know that when you have to make trades, you're not trading just players, you're trading family members. And I know it's always that difficult decision to make. Uh, But how difficult was that yesterday to kind of make deals on people that you've really just got to know in half a season? Well, certainly got to know them here, but I've known those players for a long time, much further than just the start of this season. It's, a, it's always difficult, but the job that I'm challenged with that we have here is to, to make the Wizards the very best. And it takes talent to get talent. And the aggregation of yesterday, I think what we ended up with with some draft capital, some trade exceptions, but most importantly, a very high level talented player. I think that's gonna bode well for our future. I wish all those guys the very best, you know, Aaron and Trez and you know, Spencer and certainly Davis. I've known those guys for a very long time, and they're all very good basketball players, but they're all very good men. They're, they're, they're good people, and I appreciate their contributions here on the floor, certainly, but each one of them, you look at what they've done off the court and the family people that they are. They're, they're great people, great representatives of Washington, and wish them the best going forward. But, man, uh, that was a crazy day for sure. The Porzingis part of it, you've talked about you know, getting the better player in, the, in, this, in those transactions. I mean, this is a young man, if you just look at his resume, I mean, he, he can put the ball in the hoop. But he's also had some issues, issues with his knees. How do you balance that when you're evaluating a player and then you have to look at the medical and also the performance? Well, I certainly look at who do we have in place and who, how our structure, if he came here, can we make him better? And I, I have the utmost confidence in our medical staff to do the right things. I know I've known Chris Staff since he was a very young man, and I know his work ethic and what he'll do. He had two unfortunate injuries and, and played through maybe when he shouldn't have uh, through one of them. And, and, you know, there's some residual certainly there. But we're familiar with working with players coming back from injury. And you go around the league, you know, Joel Embiid missed 
missed a couple of years, and I think people saw the talent was there. It makes it worth waiting. Uh, so certainly we, we look at things through a similar lens. Is the talent good enough to take the risk? And in this, this case, there's no question. I'm going to go back to Porzingis in a moment, but I, I, I want to highlight guys like Bertans who had been here for a couple of years. There was an actual thought that when you guys brought him here, he was supposed to be paired up with John Wall. And a lot of things have kind of happened over the years where maybe his production didn't meet what you guys paid him. Are those always those difficult moments for a general manager where you're like, we have forecasted him to be with a certain player or a certain style, and then that wasn't the case, and then his performance lends you to, maybe we need to move on from the player. Well, certainly, and if you remember yesterday, that acquisition when, when we, we did a trade with, with Charlotte, one thing in the back of my mind was the year that Davies came to us, you know, the, the person that assisted the most on all of his threes was Ish. So we were trying to find a key to, to maybe helping him a little bit. He's and Davis's career here, uh, certainly, you know, he earned his contract, and, and I appreciate everything about him. But he also had three different point guards, two different coaches. A lot of stuff happened. And, you know, for shooters, that's a very particular skill in the NBA. He was elite at what he does. And if you follow the shooters that have signed in the last year, you know, they've had various levels of success depending on a lot of different factors. The, the, the skill is there. He's an elite shooter, and I'm sure he'll – uh, be fine in Dallas, but certainly here, some factors factored into that. But for for me, Chris, I think I don't know what your number is. To me, I think probably about 93% of the NBA are role players, and there's only 7% of the top 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 players that are, are standalone, can go anywhere and do what they do. So I think a lot of the talent in the NBA is predicated by who you surround yourself with, and and playing in a certain system or playing with certain players. And you know, one player leaves, and all of a sudden that that next player that used to that used to be able to to put up certain results, it changes. And you look and you say, well, what changed? It's actually nothing for that player. It's the surroundings changed. And, and I know when, when we signed Davies, you know, John, John used to dime up so many people and make a lot of people a lot of money. I told him he should have been an agent, you know, because he, he got a lot of players paid just because he was such an elite passer, court vision-wise for shooters. That was a big attraction. And, and then John left. And, you know, so, so to your point, life changed when we signed that contract for Davis, but certainly I'm, I'm happy for him, his family, that he was able to sign that deal. I'm happy for him going to Dallas, but for us, when we get players, it can't be all contingent on, oh, well, this player's gonna be here forever, or this player's gonna be here forever. You have to get guys that are good basketball players and that are versatile, that have several strengths, not just one. I'll be the first to admit it, hand up. You guys started 10 and three, I was all in, because what I saw was something different that I haven't seen in years past, and was a buy-in defensively. You and I had talked about that. And then there was some erosion. But the one thing that kind of struck me, Tommy, was a lot of your players would sit in a public square and iron out what some of the issues were. Normally this is stuff that never happens in public. Mm -hmm. Did that catch your eye? And, and was that kind of the moment where you were like, something's not right here? Or was there, I know the Clippers game stands out because they had three days to think about it and then they go to Memphis and they don't play well, but when did you start noticing something was off? You notice everything all the time but it's the collective of all those things you know uh, every day you take snapshots and but not every snapshot tells the whole story and you kind of put them all down and try to see the whole collage and look see, see really what it's telling you uh, but players just like we have at home there's going to be arguments just like we have at home sometimes people don't see eye to eye and I don't mind players ironing things out if it's in public if it's in private as long as it's 
productive as long as it promotes healing, as long as we move forward. I don't want people that are happy when you're losing. I don't want people that are happy not playing. So I don't have an issue with that. It's all about is it productive or is it corrosive. But that being said, you know, yesterday wasn't about trying to change chemistry or any of those other things. It, all it was about was trying to get better as an organization. I don't think those players that were here for a short amount of time had enough time to show us negative or positive what they could do. I, I believe in the talent when we brought them here, either through trade or through free agency. And, and certainly I think there was some, some nights each one of them had that they were very, very productive. But I think the, the collective of this whole season is about just trying to continue to get better. And it takes talent to get talent. We know that. So when you have good contracts, you have good players, you find out on trade deadline. You find out in the summer because people call you about your players. So I got a lot of affirmation this week that people like our young players, they like our vets, and we acted on some of those. When I hear the word development, it scares me. So I need you to help me understand. So development, does that still mean you guys are going for it as far as you can go in the playoffs? Or is this, we need to see what these young kids can do, which sometimes doesn't equate to winning? Well, we have no choice now. We're committed to developing young players because that's kind of when you look at the veterans that went out the door and what came back in the door, there's, there's far less games played in the NBA. But I think we got younger with Chris Stapps. You know, he's 26. You know, Trez and Davis aren't 26. So, so there's... There's obviously some another level for Chris Stapps to get to, but Danny's not, his minutes aren't going to go down, certainly. Rui continues to get his legs underneath him. He's, he's, pros, he's past the 20-minute point now and moving forward, and you're starting to see that. Thomas Bryant's still coming back from injury. He's passing the 20-minute point. You know, when Gaff back, Gaff started most of the season and, and will continue to be a key player for us. And, and, you know, now you're seeing what Corey's able to do. So those developing players are rotation players already. Now maybe they're going to get more responsibility, to your point. I think you'll see Danny handle the ball more. You're going to see Rui be able to pick it off the glass and take it up the floor. That's a little bit more responsibility. And Corey, you know, we're going to continue to tell him, shoot the ball. That's what shooters do. You know, as Bradley likes to say, a miss is only a lady. Don't, don't worry about misses. And so we see those areas of growth. And development shouldn't scare you. That's all part of the NBA. But where you get to go, to that next, next level, I think, I believe in my heart, it's gonna be what we're doing right now. And if that means going for wins or not going for wins every night, right? When that ball goes up, you're trying to win that game. And if you don't have lessons from it, or why not? And if you do figure out what you're doing well, make sure you keep doing those and, and get rid of all the other stuff. You did bring back an old guy though. Well, I'll tell you what, the only reason, <laughs> the only reason I'll tell you something, when, when, when Ish left here, he said, if I could ever come back, just as long as I can just see Chris Miller every day, that's all I ask for. That's my guy. Um, I am happy to see him back because of the joy. And you mentioned that um, he does play with a certain type of enthusiasm for a 73-year-old man. Uh, but in the locker room, I think that's really invaluable to be serious. I think what he does in the locker room, especially for the young players, is I agree with you when you say the joy. What is it about Ish's kind of personality that galvanizes people? Just his constitution, his ability to be selfless, to be vulnerable, to, to go in and make sure that he touches everybody every single day, says hello, you matter, we appreciate you. You know, he's in a different place in his life now. He's a married guy, got kid all the way. He's got a lot different 
even just in the calendar year since he's been gone. So I'm looking forward to catching up with him. But we stayed in touch while he was gone. He would call check on you and certainly on, on, on how the team was doing. But, you know, in all seriousness, we're counting on him to help the second unit, counting on him to be able to start when needed. He's a heck of a basketball player. The person is, is a super max person, you know, and the basketball player is going to help us win. You said second unit, so you still don't think he would be a starter or just have spot starts? I think it's up to coach, and I think it's up to really what your body's ready for. You know, I think when we've experienced in the past with Ish starting, you, those, those minutes compile, and, and when he plays as hard as he does, sometimes you don't want to predispose somebody to injury by really taking their, their threshold past where it's, they're used to. I think it's not, you know, and I try to convince people and they still look at me funny just like you're going to look at me funny but it's not really about starting it's about finishing who's your best finishing unit and we know Ish does exactly what Wes wants he wants 10 toes in the paint he wants that ball to be sprayed around he wants to be able to get the paint attacks or everything for us to be successful and that opens it up for the shooters right. and that's something Ish does all the time every time he's out on the floor so it'll be an easy fit I think Neto's done that I, I, th I really do think you're going to see a, a better second half of the season effort from everybody we got to pick it up defensively. We know that. But we, we took a lot of punches. You know, I'm glad you bought in at 10 and 3. I'm not saying bandwagon's full, bandwagon's empty, but I'm, I'm going to tell you it was difficult timing. 15 and 11, first case of COVID hits, and then we've been scrambling ever since. And just when we thought we were out of the hump, then here comes Daniel Gafford. But we can't help that. Those are things that are out of our control. Control your controllables. I like where we're going. I like the pieces that we've got this summer. I like our young players that we've already invested in. And, I certainly like our new acquisitions. Two of the veterans that you did keep have championship pedigree with KCP and, and Kyle Kuzma. At the time of this interview, we're a day after Kuz gets his first career triple-double. Do you feel like he's really kind of spread his wings with this opportunity in Washington? I do. I, I, I don't like using the word unlock or, you know, he's, he's unleashed or anything like that. He's just able to handle more responsibility on the floor. We're asking him to do more things and play with some more freedom, but with a lot of freedom because a lot more responsibility too. You know, and he's going to have to cut down the turnovers. He's going to have to really understand what it takes every single night when you step out on the floor. If you're one of the top players on the scouting report, people are going to come out there and try to minimize what you do well. So he's got to understand how important it is for us to get off on good starts. Our top players are going to have to come out and really start the game, you know, at a high, high level. And I think who's is able to do that most nights. I think it's now it's just about consistency and understanding how to, to sustain success, you know, because people are going to come at them. The more success you have in the NBA, the more there's a, there's a scouting staff and a coaching staff that are doing everything they can into the wee hours of the morning to stop you. And he's got to be ready for that challenge. I think he's shown that he's capable of that. Final question. I've actually gone through the whole interview without saying somebody's name, but I'm going to mention it now. Bradley Beal. Playing with Porzingis now, this is a little bit different than probably any other player he's ever played with mm -hmm. because of the unique skill set. How do you think that those two will mesh and then the surrounding pieces around them going into next season, if you can forecast that far ahead? You know, we didn't do that trade without trying to forecast ahead. We think there's going to be an opportunity, especially now with Bradley taking a lot more responsibility as a point guard, uh, light, if you will. I think you yeah, just consider Bradley an elite playmaker. I think those guys in a two-man game is ideal the way the NBA is played now. I think it's important that we move Chris Stapps around, not just park him in a corner. I certainly think the, the ability to, he, he's an elite cutter that opens up a lot of things. And with his size 
you know, you think about maybe having him and Gaff together, it, you could really, really put some pressure on the rim if you get somebody who knows how to make paint attacks and knows how to distribute the ball with those two out there, their length, you're going to have some opportunities to just, you know, get at the rim. But with his ability to shoot the ball, I think it gives you a lot of versatility, a lot of different opportunities. And, you know, just see that basketball IQ continue to grow. You know, Bradley, I think, can make a lot of players better. That's the true mark of a good player is how much you make the players around you better. And here's a great opportunity to go out there on the floor with an all-star. You know, and I love the history that, that Chris Stapps brings here, from, from, especially from his time in Dallas, you know, being around Dirk, being around championship pedigrees, those things, they kind of they spread. You know, he was coached by Jason Kidd, well, so was Coos and Pope. So they're already going to have a shared history together. And, you know, I, I think the more players that we can acquire here that have played in big games, uh, that, that's just going to help us in our growth. Do you think Brad could be the point guard next year? I think he has point guard potential. I really okay. do. I, I, I want to make sure we're going to have floor balance at all times. I think one of the things that teams have done a great job with on him has been loading up on him and really forcing the ball out of his hands and their pickup points are high. So we got to figure out ways that he can bring the ball up, initiate the offense, but also be able to catch and shoot and do other things too. But you know, the NBA anymore, his days of catch and shoot are over. He's going to have to figure it out and he's going to have to be able to, to get off the bounce and, and certainly the, the four point shot essentially, you know, get, get out there much further than the three point line extended to get open looks. And he's shown he can do that, you know, and I, I don't think of this season anything other than a learning tool for everybody moving forward. But I know a year ago, he was on the All-NBA team. Yeah. I know a year ago, he started in the All-Star game. I know a year ago, you know, what he was able to do scoring, leading the league in scoring most of the year. You know, that doesn't go away overnight. And I, I think sometimes people, we don't make excuses. We just move forward. But I, I have a great sense that Bradley's going to be the same player, probably better. Tommy, thank you for your time. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely.